Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Daily Anime Podcast. Today, it's me, Jefferson, and we are going to talk about Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Episode 2, as part of our continuation of the Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Episode 2, Episode coverage. This episode came out in 1988, I believe it was December. Um, This was back when I believe that it was all just an OVA, and I mean like, I can't, I'm not sure if it all came out, you know, as part of like the subscription where if you really like the novels, um, you can just go in and order through this magazine and get the VHS tapes. And I can't remember if like all of like 106 episodes, 165 episodes, that's including these side stories, I believe, but like at least 110 episodes were um, straight to video or not. I can't really remember, but. I know for at least the first two seasons, I believe the last two, season three and season four, were on TV, but I'm not entirely sure on that. But I know for the first two uh, were definitely OVAs. Well, at least the first one. I can't really say about the second one. But anyways, to get jump into the story for this episode, um, we open with the introduction of the third party in the ongoing war between the Free Planet Alliance and the Empire. And this third party is called Fizan, a small trading state led by a feudal lord named Adrian Rubinsky, or Adrian Rubinsky. I'm sorry, I sounded a little Japanese there, but Adrian Rubinsky. And he, and along with his advisors, are closely watching the Battle of Estat, and which is what the basically this episode is all about, where they're just trying to figure out, okay... Which side do we take? Actually, we're not entirely sure what they are. All we know is that Fizan, whatever their interests are, they said it's small trading state. So it probably has to deal with some sort of commercial exchange or some sort of trade or deal or whatever, is trying to decide between the Free Planet Alliance and the Empire. And so he's closely watching this battle to see how Lohengram, the dude with the small fleet, is taking on the Free Planet Alliance, the significantly larger fleet. And in this episode, the Empire is, for the most part, winning because Lohengram is just making all the strategic moves. And he has routed the 4th and the 6th fleet, leaving only the 2nd fleet, that is the one that Yang Wenli is in, remaining. And so the Free Planet Alliance is getting beaten pretty bad. And at the start of the episode, this is when Yang Winley's commanding officer gets incapacitated when their ship suffers a hit from a nearby ship. So Yang Winley, being the basically the highest ranking officer that is not incapacitated, takes over. Now I guess I'm kind of confused because you have all these other ships, and this is like this one dude on this other one ship. I guess it was the flagship is taking over. I don't know. I don't know how this military thing works, but we just know that plot-wise, Yang Wenli is the dude in charge. And I mean, as we saw in the earlier episode, he was like, "Y'all fucking up, making the wrong choices, etc., etc." So you know, he's got that young blood, right? And so, like after. He takes over. We get introduced, you know, like, via some random soldiers' conversations about, like, oh, they say something along the lines of, this is a small battle. It won't mean anything in the context of the larger war, because although this is still a battle, it is 
where the uh, alliance is getting beat pretty bad, even if the alliance were to come out, they won't gain any sort of strategic objectives because the big strategic objective is the Iserlone Fortress, a strategic fort that is functionally like this show's Death Star, but what's different and what makes it cooler is that it has a metallic liquid surface. And what it's called the Death Rays, they call the Thor Hammer. Now, what makes Iserlone Fortress strategic is because it is in what we call the Iserlone Corridor, which is the only path between the Empire's territory and the Free Planet Alliance's territory. Now, I want to make a pause here. I don't understand that since they are in space, why is it that this is the only path? Is it like, like is do they just have like a network of various forts and planets where they can, you know, make? or stars and planets and star systems and planets where they can make pit stops. Uh, I'm not really entirely sure because from the map, it looks like there's a lot of other stars nearby. And I mean, it is space. So assuming that they have like, I don't know, the resources to move, then then maybe they can just move. Like, I, I don't understand why the, the trading path is necessary, but they, they don't, I don't remember. They never really... Or at least, I don't remember them doing it. In the anime, explain this. Maybe they explain it in the novels. Or maybe they did explain it. And I just wasn't paying attention. Because it was several years ago um, when I last watched this. They didn't explain it in this episode. But for all we know, yes, this is a strategic position. This is a choke point. And if the Alliance is wanting to win the war... Or if the Empire is wanting to maintain the status quo or potentially win the war, they need to maintain or take the Iserlone Fortress. Which, I guess in the context of the Estat battle, is just like an aside, in the, but it establishes what's to come in the next couple of episodes. Um, but uh, yeah, Iserlone Fortress is something that we see get fought over at several points. And, um, yeah, like, the battles over it are pretty cool. And so, after this little aside and, um, just info dump about, like, the episodes to come, we start seeing shapes on giant monitors in between the Free Planet Alliance and the Empire ships. That is, Yang Winley and, um, Lohen, uh, Reinhard von Lohengram are just strategizing these shapes on monitors are... A functionally a sort of macro view of the battlefield in a computer simulation where the shapes are meant to stand in for the fleets on a large scale which um it's kind of cheap but i mean this is how we see um battles play out in this show or at least the planning for the battles play out and it becomes like a chess match between yang and um Low and Grom, and we see them cutting between the various decks, and Yang predicts what they'll move. That is, they will try to form up and split the fleet and cut through it. And so he has his ships move around to Low and Grom's backline. Low and Grom recognizes that, oh, holy shit, this is actually really scary. And he sees, oh, mate, I'm facing that man, Yang Winley. And eventually, will try to attack, they will fight and count, they will attack and counterattack where each one of them tries to get at each other's backline 
and the end with this sort of Ouroboros or actually more formation or something less of like a snake eating its own tail and more like two snakes eating each other's tails. Um, Kirkiais, Lohengram's right-hand man, convinces um, Lohengram to call for a truce, and he does so. Lohengram sends a message to Jan, calling the battle a brave one, and Jan is just like, we don't need to send a message back, and the battle's over. And so we see a montage of people lost. Um, Yang's friend, Jean-Robert Lap in the Sixth Fleet is killed. And the narrator announces of the empire of the casualties and survivors. Starting with survivors, the empire had 2,450,000 people survived. They lost 150,000. Now the alliance had 4,060,000 survived. However, they lost 100,500 million, um, 500,000 people, which is significantly more than what the Empire, right? And um, at the end of the episode, um, not the end of the episode, but in what, what, towards the end of the episode, we see, oh, all right, um, fucking back at Fezan and Adrian Rubinsky is just like, well, you know... Um, the Empire won, but it wasn't as big as they're going to claim. Wah, 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 wah. That's, I think, interesting, although not as interesting as to what's going to happen in the next episode, because what we do immediately after the narrator talks is it cuts to the planet Hynason, an alliance planet where we see a blonde woman we call Jessica Edwards receive the news that her fiancé Jean-Robert Lapp lost his life. Then we cut to Nyue San Sochi, I believe was on the planet Odin, on the Empire side, and we see another blonde woman, Anne Rose from Grunewald, a blonde lady, you know, she's just chilling by a body of water, receiving news about her brother Lohengram and Kirkiais' victory, and perhaps Lohengram's future, both of their future promotions. And, you know, to the Empire, we got... At least, you know, victory. It wasn't wholesale slaughter of the Alliance fleet. Technical brilliance at the end where um, Yang Winley displays them. But they still won out. And at the last scene is we're in a giant cemetery. And it's less of just like a cemetery and more like a large landscape, anonymous backdrop of various headstones. Yang comments that there's no bodies in the ground, but all there is is the headstones because they were lost in space. There, Yang meets with Jessica Edwards, and Jessica Edwards is just like, hey, I don't blame you for uh, my fiance's death, but your job is war, isn't it? And um, she's pretty sad, you know, lashing out at him. And it doesn't really go into detail in this episode, and I can't remember if they do it in later episodes, but I guess I'll just, like, say it. They have, those two have a history. Um, if you see the movie, um, which I guess you could, like, skip these episodes and just watch the movie, because the movie, I think, looks a little bit cleaner than these two episodes, but you'll see that Jean, Yang, and Jessica, um, were all part of, like, a love triangle where Jean won out in the end, um... But, I mean, he dies. So it's pretty tragic. But anyways, yeah. And thus ends the Astat encounter, the battle with Astat. Um, 
Personally, I think these first two episodes are not as exciting as what we are going to see in episode three and episode four. Um, so if you decide this far, it's like, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, this is pretty cool, but this is kind of boring. Stick around for the next episode, because the next episode is far more interesting, and I'm actually pretty excited to watch it again. Anyways, thanks for listening to Daily Anime Podcast. Thanks for listening to the LOGH series. If you have any comments or feedback, you know, leave us a comment on the blog, dailyanimepodcast.com. Shoot me a tweet, dailyanimepod at um, just dailyanimepod. And you can also, I guess, send me an email. I don't check my email frequently because no one emails me. But yeah, dailyanimepodcast at gmail.com. is Jefferson signing out. Thanks for listening. <laughs>